Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. All right. Well, let me ask that again because there was like no response. How's everyone doing this morning? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, you guys may have noticed a special lady standing next to me. Uh, this is Taylor Hopkins. Uh, she's my girlfriend. But um, she's, so she's originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. She's visiting with her mom, Miss um, Hopkins. Uh, so <laughs> please be sure to welcome them. Um, but actually, officially, just this past Friday, she has moved to Maine. So which is, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and so with that introduction, we have uh, just the amazing privilege uh, of leading us in communion today. And one of the things that I was uh, just kind of reflecting on this week was love and God's love specifically. And I feel like for me, I have this perspective of God's love and I feel like it can be kind of tainted sometimes in how I live my life. And so just to kind of make that more clear, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 3. And I feel like when it comes to God's love, I feel like I can try and work for God's love. Like, I'm, I'm just naturally a work-oriented person, so I feel like I always have to be on the go and, and just doing things. And that can kind of translate in my relationship with God, where I feel like I have to obtain his love. And, and, and so I just, you know, whether I'll, you know, I'll do spiritual things, but I, I'll... I'll do it in a way where I'm trying to obtain that love instead of actually knowing that I'm loved. And so in Matthew chapter 3, in verse 16, I'll read, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Now, if you can stay in that scripture, we're going to actually flip. We're going to stay in Matthew, but if you can flip to chapter 27 in Matthew. So Matthew chapter 27. And I'll read verse 46. It says, About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lamasha Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with a wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. So if you could actually turn back to Matthew chapter 3. I know, there's a lot of flipping around. But... When I look at these two scriptures, I guess in my mind, it makes more sense for God to affirm his love for Jesus at the end of his life. I don't know if anyone can kind of connect to that. Like, for me, when I look at Jesus' life, it just makes more sense after he had done all the miracles, after he had preached, after he had been in the wilderness, for God to give that affirmation of his love for Jesus you know, whether it was on the cross or whether in the Garden of Gethsemane or, you know, after his death. Like, when I looked at the end of his life, you know, it was just very strange to me that 
God decided to affirm Jesus in the beginning. And I think that's really important because it showed that Jesus understood what God's love truly meant. Um, And through that, he lived his life knowing that he was loved by God. Um, Knowing that he was affirmed by God. That the things that he was doing wasn't out of fear or insecurity or of guilt, um, but of just pure love. And I'll go ahead and let Taylor share. Good morning, everyone. I'm short, so I'm going to lower it. Um, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I can't wait to get to know you. (laughs) Just let it go. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, like uh, Phil was sharing... I, um, I love both of the verses, especially in verse, um, or chapter 317, um, the way that just when we can reflect on the cross, I can know in my own life um, that because of Jesus' sacrifice, the way that God was able to see Jesus even from the beginning is the way that I now get to be seen by God, um, and the way that Jesus was able to live his life because he knew he was loved, um, and not because he had to earn love is the same thing that I can do. Um, I think that that's super cool and something that I can easily forget. And even looking at the second chapter that Phil read, um, it always blows me away that when I look at the cross and I think about all the physical pain, the emotional pain, the mental pain um, that Jesus experienced, out of all the things he could have cried out, he cries out about God forsaking him, God um, kind of taking away that love. And it's just it shows me where his heart was and that he knew that that was the most valuable thing and the most important thing to him. And I wonder in my own life when things didn't go my way or when I'm having a hard time, like if that's my first cry out. Is it like, oh, God, I, I don't, you know, I don't feel loved by you or, or I feel like you're punishing me. Or is it just like, man, I, I don't feel close to you or I don't have that relationship with you. Um, and, yeah, I'm truly just challenged by, by how Jesus loved God and was able to do what he did because of that love and not to earn that love. Um, I think I'm tempted often um, to earn God's love or to earn Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And I often get lost in that self, the self-righteousness of it all um, or thinking, you know, my good deeds deserve a great life mentality and living that way, um, keeping records of my righteousness. And then I become blind to the fact that all I'm really doing is trying to um, be the savior of my own life or control my own life. Um, and then God's love becomes irrelevant um, as I try to use him as a means to a different end. And so I just think it's great with the cross that we can take a time to reflect back, to redirect our hearts because we already are loved by God and to let that be the motivation, the grace he's given us to be the motivation for why we live for him and um, not fear of you know being separated from him or... Um, to earn his luck, because we already have it. So I hope that encourages you guys this morning. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah, and so just as she illustrated, you know, when, when Jesus was first affirmed by God, the love came before the sacrifice. You know, the love came before the obedience. Love came before the submission. And I think it's just really cool, like in our lives, how love really is the driving factor for what we do. And... It's important to understand why we do what we do, because if we forget the why, then things become traditional, or they become routine, or they become legalistic, or whatever. And so once we understand that love, um, and we connect to that, I think we can really, really live a life that's fulfilling to God. Um, And so with that, let's go to God in prayer.
Dear God, I just want to thank you so much for uh, just today, God. Thank you for a beautiful day. Uh, thank you for the opportunity just to come here before you and pray to you, God. Um, God, I pray that we can just meditate on your word today, God. That I pray that we can just really receive the word in our hearts, um, that we can listen, that we can really chew the words that um, for the sermon, God, that we can really reflect on it. And God, that, that we aren't burdened by trying to live a perfect life, God, that we aren't burdened by, you know, trying to appear a certain way or be a certain way, God, but we can just truly just love you by following you, God, that we can truly love you by accepting your grace, your love, your forgiveness, and, and just letting that really take over our lives, God. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Amen.